As one of our favorite TV show icons, Carol Baskin, said, Hello to all you cool cats and kittens out there. I'm Matt. I'm here with The Chad. And we are coming to you with the reboot that you never asked for. Spilling Salsa, the sports and pop culture podcast, back after one year hiatus. Chad, one of the universally accepted truths of our time is that no matter who, what, when, where, why, how long you were gone, being back is always a pretty awesome thing. It may be the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. For example, the boys, when they're back in town. They are back. Cam Newton, when he returns from being a sort of a, a, a bench warmer, or not even actually in the league this year, comes back to play against the Cardinals, and immediately after scoring a touchdown, you know, does a Superman and says, I'm back. He was you back know? briefly. <laughs> he was briefly back and he was he wasn't good but he was back he was back which was cool which was cool eminem he says he's back and actually a lot of songs shady's back mm-hmm. you know, tell a friend uh I, I i mean there's so many good examples of people being back and honestly it doesn't matter how good or bad the person was being back makes that person or that thing so much cooler like something could have been super lame but then if you just announce that it's back, it becomes super cool. So I don't know. What, what, what are your best, what are your favorite lines, you know, about being back? I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger once uttered, I'll be back um, as Terminator, one of the most mm-hmm. iconic characters. Um, anytime you're, you're, you're saying I'm back. It's just, it's, it just brings so much excitement. It's like, like you said, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good thing. In some cases, in many cases, it may be a bad thing. Maybe you should not have come back. In the case of uh, when Jordan came back after his second retirement. It's, Agreed. Uh, it's one of those things where, but but it still sounds cool. Like you said, it's just when whenever something happens like that, someone comes out of retirement in sports, you're like, oh, that's awesome. Like he's coming back to his team. He's about to do this. He's going to sell those tickets. That's awesome. Uh, when a movie character comes back onto the screen after maybe you thought he was dead, like the hero, I mean, how cool does it look when he comes from like underwater? He's still alive. He's back. He's ready for vengeance. Like I, I couldn't agree. It's a, uh, it's always, it's always a cool thing. And I, and I'm excited. We're back. And I couldn't be more, um, more excited for 2022 and to be back and to be able to spill some unnecessary commentary that probably no one needed to hear but maybe they will enjoy hearing yeah i think you hit you hit the nail on the head maybe people don't want us back that's but we want us back exactly and that make and and i think that makes us really cool because like the mcrib people aren't asking for us to be back (laughs) but we're gonna say we're back and people are gonna be like oh oh man spilling salsa's back even though the world may have been better without spilling salsa the podcast (laughs) Uh, but we're back and I know there's some people out there just like those people hiding in the weeds that like the McRib there are the people that have been waiting for the return and uh, we're here to please the people that's true we we are nothing more than people pleasers that's what we're going for um, so expectations for, for this uh, podcast this year I think Big expectation is just committing to it, making uh, making sure we, we record this uh, on, on a more regular basis. But there's also so much to look forward to this year. 
uh, in terms of movies, in terms of shows, in terms of uh, just various nonsensical sports banter. Uh, lots to look forward to. I'm, I'm really excited to be able to uh, share this and, and, and be able to engage, hopefully, what's, what's a, a decent audience that cares about what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, 2022 has, it, we're moving forward. There were sports events getting canceled. Uh, we were without March Madness for a year, a, a couple years ago. So it's just a matter of, we have fans in the stands. We're seeing some of our favorite sporting events. It's NFL playoff time. Uh, college basketball's in full swing. The NBA's in full swing. Hopefully the MLB happens. We'll see. Um, but that's a, that's a lot to look forward to. It's January, which means new movies are kicking out at a high rate. So that gives us a lot of content to bring to you in various ways. So I hope we can, we can make it entertaining and uh, nonsensical as usual. So with that said... What uh, what do you have on the docket for us today, Chad? Uh, any, anything interesting? Uh, where do we want to start? So it's be it's January tenth. Uh, we just entered the new year. I know people celebrated Christmas. They celebrated uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, maybe they watched some college football on New Year's Day. Um, I know at least growing up on New Year's Eve, you're always celebrating with your friends. You're doing the countdown. But then right as it's the new year, you're thinking to yourself, what's going to be different in now 2022 than what was in 2021 for me personally. Um, are we going to make New Year's resolutions? Um, I know I always typically make one, and I feel like the majority of people have always made one, at least in my inner circle or around me. Or have they? <laughs> or are people Ooh. planning to is the question because Ooh. I bring to you a survey that was done recently um, for the 2022 year where there we're finding that two in every five adults are planning to make a new year's resolution for 2022, which is at least a little shocking to me. What are your thoughts on that? So you said two and five, two are, and five are, less than, I mean, that's, that's surprising. I mean, that's half a person <laughs> below 50%. Yes. That's, that's very interesting because like you said, almost everyone that I talk to has some sort of an idea of what they want to improve or, or work on in the next year. And I, I do wonder whether people are just sort of uh, complacent with the way things are right now, maybe. And that is a shocking number to me, two out of every five, but maybe people have sort of given up the energy to, to think of something that they want to commit to for a full year. You know, maybe it's a little bit easier to do a bite-sized segment of the year and say for this month, something like uh, sober January. I know, I know a lot of people aren't sober January or mm -hmm. something like <laughs> no shave November. If, if I know these are just sort of monthly fun trends, but maybe those are a more accessible way for people to tackle something that they care about, whether it's for their health or just to have more fun or whatever, whatever you want to classify it as in, in, in that category. But that is really interesting. I, I think the number's low for me to hear that. I, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that I'm. I, I want to know what these what this survey's strategy was for asking people. But mm -hmm. if that is in fact an accurate representation of, of what the population's saying, I, I'm surprised. And I believe the survey specifically was targeting um, people under the age of 30. So that may that may play a part, but. In all honesty, 
that being the target audience would have made me think that it would have been a little higher, honestly. If you're targeting the the younger, more active people, I would say, um, that are still out and doing things and out. Um, it, I wouldn't say COVID hasn't affected their life as much, but they are the ones who are still out there and haven't, I'd say haven't changed as much. But I think COVID is having an impact for sure on people's mindset because it is just, it's something that's just wearing you down. I mean, we've been now a part of it, like everyone who's listening um, for what, two and a half years, like almost three years or some, something of that nature, um, the lingering effects of it. And I think it's just, if, I, if I'm thinking to myself, should I set a resolution? Should I set something that's very easily attainable or should I set something very lofty? Because if it's lofty, I risk failing and maybe it'll be due to an outside factor that I can't control. Maybe all the gyms get shut down again. So mm -hmm. if I'm saying I'm going to go to the gym more, or maybe I plan to eat healthier when I'm out, but then the restaurants start closing. Maybe people are just getting worn down by what's happening um, this past year. And maybe they're thinking it didn't change in 2021 when they told us it was going to. So maybe they think nothing's going to change in 2022. So why make a resolution? It's a super fair point. I, I am, I am sure COVID is having some sort of impact. I mean, we know it's had a it's had a huge impact on people's mental health already, and so maybe it's super upsetting if people set a yearly expectation and they and they say, "Yeah, I want to." So many of these resolutions um, that you read about are about living a healthier life. So things like losing weight or exercising more often, like you mentioned, uh, changing a diet. Uh, or even things for mental health, you know, meditating more or, mm -hmm. uh, putting your phone away, things like that. Well, it's tough to put your phone away when you're worried about potentially being exposed. So you stay in your house and then you're bored. And so you pull out your phone or, uh, I, I definitely think it, it would be more upsetting to look back at your year and think that, you know, it, say it's comes November and you made a resolution in January that you feel like, in a, you know, we use the term normal now, but quote unquote normal or previous year, a, a pre COVID year that you might've had more success in achieving. And then you get even more down on yourself. So that definitely is a possibility that, you know, I would buy that argument that people just don't want to be more disappointed in, them, in themselves come the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the, of the year. I mean, I, I definitely understand that. Absolutely. And I know a few other of the resolutions that are typically popular involve uh, career goals or moving up the, the job ladder in terms of within your own company or maybe getting a job that makes you happier or getting a raise or saving more money. And a lot of this may just not be as feasible. Um, people are, I mean, people are quitting their jobs. Uh, people are leaving their jobs. Some people aren't even able to get jobs. So that takes away a lot of the, the motivation for people to say like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and kill it this year and get a raise. They just don't have the motivation to, to say that because now some people are now moved from office to in their house working remotely. Some people who were working remotely are now having to commute maybe once or twice a week. So things are becoming a lot more complicated, which could also lead, lead to that. So I, I do I do believe it. Um, the numbers, they, I mean, they are depressing. If I, I, I like resolutions. I'm a fan of resolutions. And that being said, I know, I know you have a resolution or a resolution or two, maybe that you're going to, you're going to set and work on for 2022. Is that right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny 
thinking about in the past when your resolutions, uh, they may be around, maybe it's things like uh, watching less TV or yeah, I, I almost think, I almost make made, made myself think of back when I was, you know, a decent practicing Catholic and I uh, Lent. Give, giving up yes, for Lent. Yes, <laughs> precisely giving up something for Lent. And, and I sort of thought of that as when I was younger, that that's how resolutions are supposed to work. I think as I've gotten older, I've, I've tried to come up with like much more attainable or things that uh, definitely have more of an impact on like my mental health and how I feel, uh, you know, just from a day to day basis. Um, and, not, and I think a lot of it's just about like not getting upset. Uh, as often as I prob probably could, but um, sort of like, you know, large lofty conversation aside, I think um, some really attainable things for myself that I've tried to set uh, are, I'm just trying to stretch more. Like, oh, yeah. I, I think as I've gotten older, we're getting um, old. Yeah, we're, we're getting <laughs> old. And, and I'm sure people will laugh at that as, you know, two, two people in, in, you know, relatively decent health or, or talking about being old, but you st you do start to feel it. You know, you wake up and you're just tight and you're sore and you get used to that during the day. But I'm trying to, to think of better ways to prevent that, to, to allow myself to, you know, take some time out of my day every day. It doesn't have to be a long time, maybe five minutes, but I'm, I'm mm -hmm. doing so much just sitting around, especially with remote work. I'm just sitting all the time and your body just gets tight and I don't want to, you know, just be walking up the stairs one day and hurt my hamstring. Like that sounds horrible <laughs> to me. So I want to try to do what I can to prevent that kind of thing uh, from like a physical health perspective. And and I think uh, I do feel better, you know, and, and so far I've been pretty good about it. I think I've only missed one day actually this, this new year. And so I feel pretty good about it and whether it's placebo effect or not, it's working for me and I feel good about it. Yeah, that's great. And you, I mean, that, you got to believe it. It's, it's so true. One of my, one of my teammates in my, my bowling league went to, to bowl a ball and pulled a muscle in her back <laughs> and she's 29. <laughs> like that's it. Like it's, <laughs> it's the simplest of things when you get complacent and she like, like you, she's working remotely. So when you're, when you're in that seated position all day and you're doing your conference calls and you're in your meetings, like things just get stiff. It's not like we're not high school kids anymore. You can't just get up and go run like six miles. Then like you, you got to stretch out a little bit. So uh, that's, that's a really good one. Uh, I think one I have for myself, I kind of set a resolution theme. I don't think it's a specific act or activity. I, my themes, my two words for this year are consistency and commitment. So we got the Ooh. doubles, double C's. Ooh. Okay. So committing to the podcast, committing to working out, committing to eating a healthier diet. So just, and then going with that, the back end of that is consistency. Once you commit to something, once you commit to multiple things, follow through. It's all about follow through. You have to be consistent or else you're going to be one of those people. You're going to get that reputation. Everybody knows that one person or that one friend they have that gets on every trend or starts every diet or starts every workout thing. And they do it for three or four weeks and then it just tails off and disappears quietly. And I don't want to be known as the guy that always starts things without following through. I want to commit to a full year of eating healthy, working out, committing to doing a pod every week because it's an outlet that, like you said, it affects my mental health. I love 
speaking and talking about things that I find hilarious and I want to share with other people, which means I want to stay committed to that. So I think those two, those two themes are what it's going to be for me. And um, that being said, 2022 is going to be, is going to be a challenge. It's a tough year. And I think resolutions are going to be even tougher to stick to uh, this upcoming year. Sure thing. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you have a nice sort of, compartmentalized that's a, that's a very cute like cc commitment <laughs> and consistency i like that I, I i can tell that you've been uh spending a lot of time with with uh folks that you have to inspire as as a teacher lately so yes. i feel like you've you've almost been able to take some of those some of those teachings to those kids and apply them to yourself which is pretty cool like i i feel like i was just in a middle school locker room mm-hmm. or maybe high school locker room but you know, a gym class, like you're, you know, gym teacher, and you're saying, commit to the exercise, be consistent about it. I like that. So that's right. I, I think, I think you, you must be, uh, you must be doing a good job over there. Yeah. That being said, that goes back to the beginning. Yeah, we are back. And that is a little bit of new news. I know the, when we were doing our podcast about a year ago, I had made the, the career switch move to move out of sports marketing and make the move to teaching. And I was actually in the teaching program when we were, we were last casting. So now I am Yes, an official health and PE middle school teacher. Uh, so I, I imagine I'll have some stories or at least some, some funny anecdotes here moving forward into the future on future episodes because I, I hear some things and I see some things uh, every day at school that is that's very fun. And yeah, the, you, the coach was coming out in me. That's right. That's right. I love to hear that. So uh, very belated congratulations on – on that, I'm, I'm glad that that's all working out so far, and and the kids are lucky to have you. Um, one quick fun one, just before we close out the segment. You know, the, we were we've all been pretty pretty serious talking about the New Year resolution and and, and how we're back and everything. Um, a more fun one that I, that I'm trying to to push with. Uh, you know, I mentioned her before, my partner Erica on the on the pod. Um, I really want to commit to. There's the commit. I'm see. I'm already. I'm already starting. Right. Chad. Commitment. It rubs off. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to commit to. Um, you know, we talk a lot about how we want to, like, try these new restaurants and then, or or try a new movie or something for the night, and then we end up just, you know, flipping on like Jeopardy or something that we have recorded or The Office or something like that, and or or getting our favorite restaurant that we've already had a thousand times that year, and we want to try to be a little bit better about you know, making a, making a fun time out of seeing new movies or, or trying new food. Um, so every month we're trying to do together. I know I was sort of watch movies separately as well. Um, but trying to find two, mo- two new movies together every month and a new restaurant or a new food every month that, that we can try so that we're not sort of feeling a little bit stale in what we're doing. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good one for anyone. That's something I definitely would love to steal because we all, we all have the same feelings when it comes to you're trying to figure out something to do. And you're just like, ah, well go to old reliable, <laughs> just put on, <laughs> put on the office, order some, uh, order some Chinese from the local place that you know, you love, but getting out there and yeah, trying new things, trying new food, trying new movies. Um, that, uh, mentioning that, uh, I'm trying to read a, a book every month. So to, oh. go, to go along with that theme, that's going to be tough. To commit to that is going to be tough. Out of all the ones, I think that's going to be the hardest to commit to, but I'd really like to because I I loved reading growing up, and I don't think I've read a book probably at least four or five years. Wow, that 
that's impressive. If you if you're able to honestly, <laughs> I, I'm curious. We'll we'll, we'll do a, a we'll retro do. in a few months and see how far you've cranked through the book. So that's right. That's an interesting one. All right. Well, New Year's resolutions. We would love to hear yours. Whether you think they're worth doing, whether they're not worth doing, whether this year you've been a little bit more excited about them, a little less excited about them, like we talked about previously. Um, you know, I, I think the segment was definitely a little bit more um, more relatable, probably for everybody, because everyone's probably thinking about how they want this year to be as good as they can have, um, you know, within the constraints that we've been provided. So uh, definitely let us know. And we are going to take a little bit of a break before we hit you with some sports stuff. Hey, here we go. NFL Wild Card Weekend. I don't know about you, Chad. This is one of my favorite sports sports uh, weekends of the year. It's probably top 20 for me, a top 20 sports weekend for me. Um, That's, so, That's-, <laughs> That's a lot of weekends. You know what, maybe... Uh, maybe it's it's maybe it's not for me actually one of the best coming to think of it because 20s there's there's not actually that many weekends left in the year Mm-mm. i do like this weekend though i think there's just a lot of good weekends of sports yeah so. needs to say you like this weekend so so let me know what's happening what's happening this weekend yeah so this weekend um we're gonna run through a quick a quick briefer about each game each game and and to make it a little fun um you know i i want to hear what you think is the best fast food or fast casual restaurant that is going to describe the matchup that I throw at you. And then maybe you could do it back to me. You know, we'll, we'll run through the AFC first here. Um, so we'll go first, the number two seed in the AFC, the Kansas city chiefs, as, as everyone knows, or those that, those that don't know the Tennessee Titans, uh, an unlikely team uh, has home field advantage at number one throughout the playoffs. Mm. So the Kansas city chiefs with, with Patrick Mahomes going against, the man with the falling off arm, Big Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Steelers number seven seed limping into the playoffs. What do you like here, Chad? Um, I would have preferred the question what I don't like. Um, I don't like most of what's going to be happening in this game because we saw what happened a few weeks ago where the Chiefs just absolutely dismantled uh, the Steelers. This was in Kansas City, which is where we will be playing this weekend. And the it's it's sad, but it's it's like cathartic. It's it's a weird feeling watching Big Ben play this season because it's confusing. It's ugly. It's somewhat like inspiring because he's just he's so clearly beyond the cliff that was once mentioned for Brady that obviously Brady did not fall off that that said cliff however Eli Manning fell off it Drew Brees fell off it Philip Rivers fell off it (laughs) and now Big Ben unfortunately is limping and crawling off of it because don't get me wrong I love Big Ben Big Ben in his early career and even up till let's say three four years ago absolutely incredible to watch gave us some of the best highlights um, he was impossible to sack. He kept plays alive. Um, but in terms of this game this weekend, I expect a blowout. Uh, I don't expect it to be close. I expect it to be closer than the first matchup. Um, that being said, I see the Chiefs winning by 14. 
Um, and the most important part of this, because the, the game analysis, that's all I have to say about that. So if I were to have a fast food restaurant represent this matchup, this is going to be a weird choice because I know some of you may not have even been to this restaurant, this fast food chain. It's Zaxby's. And hear me out. Hear me out why I'm comparing this matchup to Zaxby's. Because Zaxby's is that place where if you're on the highway and you're running out of gas, you don't know where you are and you're you're trying to use your Google Maps frantically to like find a gas station or like shine your high beams to find an exit sign. So you get off and it's like into the dinner time hour and you're just like, I'm on E. I don't have a lot, a lot of gas to spare. So I can't go searching for a dinner place. I don't have my top choice here. So you just pull over to the side and you're like, there's a Zaxby's there. <laughs> so you're like, all right, I'm getting Zaxby's. It's going to be greasy. It's going to be ugly. And it's a 50-50 chance that it just may flop completely. It could be gross. But I'm going to still go there. Just like this game. There's there's 50-50 chance that this game is going to be horrible. It's probably going to be a blowout. But I'm still going to tune in because it could be Big Ben's last game ever. You still have Patrick Mahomes He's the human highlight reel. So that's why I that's why I'm comparing it to uh the greasy establishment known as Zaxby's, the the Southern cuisine. <laughs> that's right. Southern cuisine. Yeah, I am curious how many of our listeners have, have heard of Zaxby's because it's not exactly the most, I don't know, renowned <laughs> institution in the fast food joint. But interesting. So you have you have KC in a blowout or potential blowout, it sounds like, but but you're thinking maybe 14 points. Mm-hmm. That might even be generous to, to spot 14. Um, if you're a betting man, you probably want to bet the spread, KC yes. to cover, even though it's 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 a hefty 12 and a half, I think, right now, but still it'll probably half, balloon up. For, for any betting fans, if it's 12 and a half, I'm pounding the the cover for the Chiefs in that. I think they will cover the 12 and a half. So that'll go to the next game in the AFC, which I find to be the least entertaining out of the two conferences. Um, That's probably because I'm an Eagles fan. But we're going to move to the Patriots and the Bills game, which is going to be close to your heart as a Massachusetts resident, as well as a Patriots fan and somewhat a Bills fan because you're from New York. So you you have divided interests in this game, as well as some gambling interest, I've been told. so what do you what do you see here with the Patriots Bills? What type of fast food represents this matchup and how do you see the actual game playing out? Yeah, I am I am very upset that these teams are playing in the first round of the playoffs because I am number 1 a Patriots fan, but Bills have always been a close second for me. Um, I was born in Buffalo and and my folks are from the New England area. So I did grow up a Patriots fan, but Bills are, are near and dear to my heart. So seeing them now be very good is, is very exciting for me. And I, I do enjoy watching them. And I root for them against every team but the Patriots. So I'm a little bit upset that only one of these teams has a chance of moving on. Um, that being said, this is a tough one for me because the, they split. Um, the away team won in both, both instances earlier this season. They are very familiar with each other. Uh, Patriots won 14 to 10 and in the infamous Mac Jones throws three passes game, which was hilarious. The monsoon, the tornado hurricane, natural disaster game. (laughs) Yes. Which was hysterical. Uh, And, and the bills came back uh, three weeks later and really in a game that was, was less close than the final score indicated the bills sort of easily had their way passing all over the Patriots bills, 33 uh, Patriots, 21. 
and sort of put the coffin in and all the excitement around the, the Patriots as AFC East being back, as it were. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, this one's tough. If if I have to pick one, um, you know, it hurts me, but I do think the Bills are just the better roster, and I do think they're a better team. They're they're on a four-game win streak after a little lull in the middle middle of the season. Um, they have a tendency of, of playing down to the competition sometimes, as, as was seen earlier this year, and then even in Week 18 against the, ja- uh, the Jets. That being said, I, I think they're going to come fired up at home, uh, home playoff game, potentially really cold there. And Mac Jones is the Alabama boy who just saw snow for the first time like four or five weeks ago. I don't trust him in the cold yet. I don't think Bill or Josh McDan- McDaniels, uh, the offensive coordinator, I don't think they're going to trust Mac Jones in this situation. I think the Patriots are going to try to run, run, run. The Bills don't have a great run defense. They've been gashed before on the ground. But as we've seen with the Patriots this year, as soon as the Bills you know, potentially get up 7 or 14 points, the Patriots are going to have to throw. And I think they have a very hard time playing from behind. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game for the Patriots here. Uh, yeah, yeah, did you have something? Yeah, that's, uh, I have very similar feelings. I don't know the spread off the top of my head for this game. Uh, but I, even as even knowing, I don't even need to know the spread and I'm not messing with it. It's a game that I consider a 50, 50 really with the bills. Like you said, being the, the better team, I think in most aspects of the game, they are the better team, maybe with the Pats D outstanding, the Pats D may be a slightly better than the bills. Uh, but that game, uh, I, sh- I believe it's going to stay close within one score. I think the Pats are going to make it ugly. I think they're going to control the clock. I think Damian Harris is going to be super important. Um, we'll see about Ramondre Stevenson's health, but they have Brandon Bolden. I mean, they're just a, a plethora of running backs as usual, and I think they'll they'll use that to their advantage. But like you said, I see I see Josh Allen pulling this one out. I see him doing a lot of running on the ground, um, especially if it's cold, trying to utilize Singletary and his go-to man, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, no, it sounds like you're a little bit more bullish on the Patriots than I am for this matchup and then being able to, to to reassert their dominance on the ground, which I would love to see. Uh, as far as the uh, fast food joint that I think is going to signify this game, I think in a very literal translation of this, it's going to be Dairy Queen. I think it's probably going to have the coldest uh, – I think, I think probably – the coldest of all the kickoffs um, with sub-zero wind chill being forecasted right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and maybe we'll get a little snow in there, a little blizzard blizzard condition, mix it up, throw in some oh, Reese's Pieces and, and see there. what happens. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to be a frigid game. So that's why I'm choosing Dairy Queen. Uh, and, and we'll see whether Mac Jones's Southern Southern charm can figure it out. All right, the, a little grill and chill, the Dairy Queen, quite <laughs> as literally, it were, the coldest <laughs> game. I'm I'm here for it. So I, I think we have one more AFC matchup, right? Yeah, I think we have the uh, the team of destiny, the Raiders, uh, traveling to Cincinnati. Uh, what do you got here? Wow, this! If you told me before the year that I had to guess what the AFC and NFC matchups were, there is zero chance I would have guessed the Raiders at the Bengals in the first round. Not only because I didn't know the full extent of how Joe Burrow was going to be this year after his his uh, injury last year, but I mean it's it's almost impossible to trust uh, Derek Carr 
uh, in big games. Uh, the Raiders, the Raiders, like you said, are the team of destiny. They've had quite the the year with the coaching mishaps, the players being cut mid-season and released, and just them somehow very similar to the Steelers finding a way to win games where you just aren't really sure how they ended up winning them, but they were always there at the end. And then of course, Carlson, the the kicker who I believe is probably the best player on their roster uh, comes in clutch just about every week. It would seem, I believe three out of the last four games, he's kicked the game winning field goal. Um, He seems to never miss, but that being said, I see the Bengals winning this game. They're the hotter team. They have, I think significantly more talent. It's just a matter of the Bengals showing up as the Joe Burrow Bengals we saw with Jamar Chase shredding the Chiefs. We need to see the consistent, high-powered, mix-in running game, Chase receiving, Burrow accurate Bengals because we've seen the other side of the Bengals where they've lost to teams like the Jets and they lost to the Browns once in a really bad game. They just, they're one of those teams with a very high ceiling and a very low floor. Uh, they can play very poorly, but I believe they'll pound uh, Mixon probably 25 to 30 times. If they get a lead in this game, I see them probably running away with it. I'd say I see them winning by about 10. I think the Raiders, like you said, team of destiny, I think uh, Cinderella, that's about to come to an end here in the first round. I don't see them moving much past that. Um and I see the the Raiders just they, – they got into the playoffs with that miracle, and I see an early exit. I don't know about you, though. Yeah, everything in me, the, the logical side of me, says the Bengals are going to cruise in this game. But it's been so weird, the Raiders' season. They, I think they had five, five overtime games or something, five walk-off wins or, or something insane this season. It seems like every single close game that they're in, they somehow win. Mm-hmm. And it's very strange to me that this team that is led by a receiving core of Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, and Brian Edwards is scoring a lot of points every week. And Josh Jacobs is like a shell of his rookie self, but he's still producing. I don't know. It's it's a weird team to me. And their best player, like you said, is probably Carlson. Max Crosby's all right on the defensive side, but we'll give it to Carlson. We'll give yeah, it to Carlson. We'll, we'll keep it with him. But yeah, I I, I think Bengals are going to crush them, but I'm going to pick the Raiders because I think the Bengals will crush them. That is that is sound logic. You cannot argue <laughs> with that. And I have the same feeling. If you, told me, if you told me next week that the Raiders won this game, I'm not going to be surprised. If you ask, if you tell me the Chiefs, the Chiefs lost to the Steelers, now I'm going to be shocked. That would be <laughs> absolutely shocking. Uh, so that, with that being said, uh, the fast food joint that I will be comparing this matchup to is sticking with the Southern theme here. Me being someone from Southern Virginia, um, sticking to the sticking to the roots here with Bojangles. It's, a, it's another interesting choice that actually my girlfriend has not been to Bojangles Caroline she has not ever been to a Bojangles she just went to a KFC for the first time so there are a lot of a lot of places that she needs to visit to really understand the depth of this podcast <laughs> because when we're comparing things to fast food restaurants and she hasn't been to them it's just it's it's going to bring up problems but Bojangles the reason I 
that I label this game with Bojangles is because there is one signature item at Bojangles. Everyone knows what it is. It's their biscuits. If you go to Bojangles, you're getting a biscuit. When I go to watch this game, I'm only watching it for Joe Burrow. Like, that's it. There's no there's no other redeeming qualities. I'm not here to see Mixon. I'm not here to see Derek Carr. I'm not here to see the shell of Josh Jacob. Uh, and this is no disrespect to Carlson. He's a close second for most most wanting to see in this matchup. But it's, it's all about Joe Burrow. If he plays like I've seen him play this season, that's why I'll tune in. Because I believe he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league in, let's say, two or three years. I could see him competing for an MVP. So Bojangles is just that place when you drive by it, and it depends on the time. You're just like, I probably shouldn't go there. Like, I should go somewhere else. But, like, that one item's so good, though. <laughs> You're like, I got to check it out. And that's just it like, good. I, I found myself watching Bengal games this season because I'm just like, I want to see Joe Burrow. He's just, he's got that it factor. Yeah, a little tease for Bojangles. Uh, I won't go full full details on a later pod, but – I've had a very uh, interesting relationship with Bojangles, we'll call it, during my my childhood. So we'll leave it there, uh, but but we'll get to, we'll we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll bring Bojangles back, as it as it were. So uh, Raiders and Bengals closing up the AFC. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll jump into the NFC side. All right, we're back. I hope you stuck around after uh, listening to us go on and on about those AFC matchups, because uh, now we're getting to the good stuff. We're getting to the the NFC, which I believe is the superior conference. There might be there might be other thoughts on that, but we're going to start with the first matchup, which I find very intriguing. The 49ers are playing at the Dallas Cowboys, two teams I believe that have a ton of talent. Uh, what are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, lots of talent. 49ers in Week 18 crept in, and we saw a side of Jimmy Garoppolo that I'm not sure we've seen uh, in quite a while. Where I, I got to be honest with you, when when they got the ball back for, from the Rams, making some some interesting play calling on the last possession there. Uh, when they got the ball back down seven, and they had to go the full length of the field with sub two minutes, or or, or maybe just a, a share. No, I think it was sub two minutes. Um, with no timeouts, I thought there was no way Jimmy G was going to bring the 49ers into the playoffs in a must-win situation. I'm very glad they did because the Saints would have been the alternative, and I was just I had no interest in seeing the Trevor Simeon-led Saints in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And at least now, I think this is actually going to be a good game. I think 49ers versus Cowboys is is actually one of the more exciting games this weekend. That's going to be pretty close. Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboys fan, so this analysis is definitely hard for me to not show the bias against the Cowboys. I think they're choke artists. I don't have any faith in them in late season or playoff situation. I think ever since Dak got that mystery calf injury against the Patriots earlier in the season, he hasn't been leading as capable of an offense as everyone was sort of making them out to be earlier in the season. And I really do predict... Uh, 49ers win here and and the reason for that is I trust uh, Shanahan which is weird I I shouldn't really trust him I I saw him in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and that was that was questionable and I've seen him in the Super Bowl before and but this is a first round this is the wild card matchup and I think his run game and 
his ways of utilizing Debo Samuel, uh, I think is going to be, is going to be the X factor. I don't think the Cowboys are going to have an answer for Debo Samuel. I know people talk about uh, digs a lot on the, the Cowboys defense and I'm not as sold on digs as other people are. I mean, his interceptions look nice, but he's actually pretty poor in coverage. I believe I think Debo Samuel is going to be the X factor and take, take the, both the top off and the under off of this defense. I think the Cowboys could show up and, and, and potentially mollywop the 49ers. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the DAC of the early season is going to show up. Uh, I think the Ezekiel Elliott time in Dallas should be over. He has looked horrible this year. I think Tony Pollard should probably get way more touches than Zeke if, if they want to compete here. And I haven't been overly impressed in the late season with, with the Cowboys' va- uh, vaunted receiving core. So CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Gallup's, Gallup's injured, but Cedric Wilson, I just don't think it's as it's nearly where, where it should be this time of year. I don't think they're peaking at the right time. And I think that the NFC West is just stronger than the NFC East. So I'm taking the 49ers in this situation. Um, I know you're an Eagles fan. What are you thinking? Yes, being an Eagles fan, this obvi- this definitely makes – Anytime I talk about the Cowboys or Cowboys games, there's going to be some bias. Um, but this year, I I do think it is justified. They they're an inconsistent team. They they didn't show up against the Cardinals. They showed up and crushed the Eagles a couple weeks back. They went off against the Eagles this past week, but the Eagles were playing a bunch of backups. They they have some great wins this season, um, and surprising to I think anyone that knows me I'll actually be picking the Cowboys in a matchup that I I like the 49ers in the way they line up against the Cowboys I just see the Cowboys getting it done at least in this round I believe that they'll have a a swift exit next round but I see them beating the 49ers dependent on the health of Micah Parsons as long as he's cleared to get back into this game um, this week, I know he sat out last week with some like COVID protocol, I believe, or maybe like a slight injury of some kind, but they held him out. I think he's coming back. Um, Diggs, like you said, Diggs is feast or famine. He gets burned on double moves at least twice a game. He, but he does make the highlight plays that sometimes win the game. If he guesses right on a out pattern and it's not a double move, could be a pick six very easily. He has great ball hawking instincts, but he is a gambler. He's a risk taker. He does not, he does not play the safe coverage. He doesn't give you a lot of space and he risks getting burned, but I see the Cowboys actually mixing it up here with the, the amount of receivers they have. Uh, and the Niners, I just don't trust Jimmy G. And I think it comes down to my trust in the Cowboys playoff failure versus Jimmy G's playoff failures and even regular season failures. And I just really don't think he is it. I don't. I saw a little bit from him last week that I liked, but I don't trust him in big time situations. And contrary to uh, many many experts, I'm going to say the Cowboys probably hold off and win this one, even though track record says they're they're going to lose because they are choke artists. They've won you know three playoff games in the past twenty years. Like they lose these big games, but I think they pull this one out. Wow, uh, Eagles fan that thinks the Cowboys are going to win—that's that may be a first and only on this pod for you. That's and 20, 2022. It's, a, it's turning a new leaf. 
Turning a new leaf. <laughs> Speaking of Jimmy G, the restaurant that I think best exemplifies what this game is is Jimmy John's. And and I'll tell you why. Jimmy John's is a very standard run of the mill good sandwich shop. It doesn't get it it doesn't get anything too flashy and I don't think either of these teams besides maybe Debo, I don't think either of these teams are particularly flashy. 49ers are a run first team, some play action mixed in there to switch it up. Cowboys early in the season flashier, but now I wouldn't call them as flashy of a team. They're a little bit more boring to watch. But at the same time, I I enjoy watching both of these teams. Like if the 49ers are on TV, I'll I'll tune in. It's probably going to be a decent game. Cowboys are on TV, I'll probably tune in and root, root against them. So I, I think Jimmy John's for me is is that restaurant that I don't always want it, but I'm never really going to be upset if that's what's catered for me. If that's what is is around, I'm like, okay, I'll get some Jimmy John's, like decent sandwiches. And I think that's what we have. We have a run of the mill playoff game, and and that's what I, I have for Jimmy John's. All right, that sounds that sounds pretty good. I uh, I think this could potentially be the most entertaining game of the entire six game set. Okay, all right. Uh, with your team, I have to leave these to you, these uh, these folks to you. So, Eagles and Buccaneers. Um, they played early this season, and and Bucks did win. What are your thoughts for the the rematch here? So, as is as is with the Cowboys, this is probably more bias for me to talk about because I am an Eagles fan. I always want them to win. Um, but I, I also pride myself on being a realist when it comes to my sports predictions and sports gambling and sports picks and fantasy and everything of that nature. I, I don't tend to let my bias seep in to affect my, my judgment when it comes to making picks. Uh, and that being said, the Bucks, the Bucks are the better team still, even with the injuries to Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown's obviously gone. Um, Leonard Fournette is banged up, possibly coming back. Gronk appears to be healthy. And Mike Evans is sort of banged up a little bit, but he appears to be healthy as well. Uh, but the Eagles, they just don't win versus good teams. They just don't beat good teams. That's all there is to it. They are 0-7 versus playoff teams. They just they, – they beat the teams they're supposed to beat but then in big games, when you think they're just starting to play well, they just let you down. And that's I think that's the story of the Eagles this season, is they're just not there yet. I think Jalen Hurts has done enough this season to warrant a starting job secured for next year. And I know they have three draft picks in the first round, so I do love the future going forward. But for this matchup, I just don't see them winning. I don't see Tom Brady losing on the first weekend at home. Uh, even though I like the Eagles, the Eagles plan lately of just pounding the ground, controlling the clock, making it an ugly game. We have seen in the past teams have success against Brady when they're able to just keep the ball out of his hands. The Saints have probably the perfect formula recently to beat Brady, which is control the clock. It's score when you have your chances and you have to come up with a couple turnovers. Um, and the Eagles are a ball hawking defense. So I think they, they do keep this game closer than it should be. But I, I see the, the Tampa Bay winning by eight or nine points, like being right outside the one score, maybe nine or ten points. Um, so I have Tampa winning this game. But I think the Eagles will give me 
enough to look forward to as an Eagles fan for next season. Yeah, I would be all in on the Eagles for next season. I think that they've they've shown enough. I was honestly surprised they made the playoffs this year. So uh, color me impressed that they've they've already made it this far. I'm similar though, and I'm a, I am a big Tom Brady fan, but I just don't see Tom Brady losing in the first round to the Eagles here. Um, not a lot of other things to say. You know, I, I pretty much agree with what you've said there. What uh, what's your fast food restaurant for this game? So this one I think will be a little more personal, nostalgic for me. So I'm going to label this matchup Taco Bell because this matchup has a just a something that's always been good to you. Like it's, you, I feel like every person has some like memory of Taco Bell, whether it was late night getting Taco Bell in college or whether it was high school because you know Taco Bell they be staying up they be staying open until two three a.m. Um, when some places are closed. So you just hold that like good spot in your heart, even though it's like not the place you normally would ever choose. Like, but when you're out late at night, every once in a while, you're just like, I'm going to go back to Taco Bell. It's been all reliable. I mean, that's like Brady. You're going to watch Brady's games. He, he has treated everybody. Like he never treats the fans wrong. Like when you watch a Brady playoff game, you know, you're going to see something special. I mean, he's the goat. Like, it's just one of those things where you know that when in doubt, just check just check in on the Bucks game. He's going to show you some highlights. He's probably going to show you why he's the GOAT. He's not going to lose at home to the Eagles. Um, so that's why I gave it a little bit of the, the Taco Bell nod. Taco Bell. The nostalgia of Taco Bell. So we have one matchup left with two teams that I'll say are some of the most popular teams in the NFL right now on paper. And before the season, they just they give off the sort of energy that you want to root for them. Like everybody wants to watch them. Everyone wants to be in those fan bases because they're young, they're hungry, they have all these talented players, these big names. And that's the Cardinals and the Rams. So with that matchup being set and those being divisional opponents, just like uh, the Patriots and Bills, they're very familiar with each other. Um, so what? How do you see those games going? I believe they split during the season, correct? Yeah, same idea as the Patriots Bills. The Rams won at Arizona 30 to 23. The Cardinals won in LA 37 to 20. Both pretty high scoring affairs. Uh it's not like you're you're going to shut down these defense these offenses for four quarters even even if you have a good defense. These are some big play defenses. Uh there's some big names on these defenses, but I wouldn't consider them great defenses. Like you have Jalen Ramsey who is always is always a risk to make an interception. You have Chandler Jones, who's always going to get after the quarterback. You have, you know, now Von Miller um, and, and Aaron Donald, of course, on the Rams. So you have names. You have name brand recognition on these defenses. But they don't really shut teams down. So I would say that I'm expecting a high-scoring contest here. I wouldn't expect uh, these teams who have figured it, out, figured it out defensively to stop the other one. Rams have a very high-flying offense. Cooper Cup has been unstoppable this season. Uh, Cardinals have been a little bit weaker in the, the tail end of the season. I think they've dropped a few of their last five. Um, they've really, I wouldn't call it limping in as much as they've just not quite figured it out how to deal with life without DeAndre Hopkins, um, on the offensive side. And, and Kyler hasn't found his early season form either. He's put up some absolute clunkers. I think I have to pick the Rams in this situation because I trust Sean McVay more than I tr- trust Cliff Kingsbury late season. 
Um, Sean has already shown that he can do well in the playoffs. He made it to the, the Super Bowl with Jared Goff of all quarterbacks uh, a few years back. He's not that far removed from that. I think he's got the better setup and the better personnel right now to match up with this. That being said, I, I do think it's going to be a close game. I expect one that might you know, foreshadow some overtime um, at different parts of the game. I'm going to say the Rams win maybe by by three at the end. Yeah, these are these are two young coaches, probably two of the more exciting play callers to watch in the league. Um, at least I thought so till I watched last week when the Rams decided to run three straight times and punt the ball right back to Jimmy G, which is understandable. He hasn't proven that he can lead a drive like that ever in his career, but he did it once, so you never you never know. Um, but he he goes for it a lot on fourth. You know, Kingsbury's going to go for it on fourth. I see. I. I would envision so if there if I was a betting man, I would envision there being at least one of the following that happens in that game. At least one of either an onside kick, a fake punt, or a fake field goal. One of those I believe is going to happen because these coaches don't like to be sedentary, they don't like to be predictable, they don't want to seem even if they're if they're dominating in a fashion of the game, they could be running the ball amazing and then they try something crazy like that. And that's what makes those two teams exciting to watch. Um, so I also have this being a very high scoring affair. I see the Rams also winning. I don't see them losing at home. Uh, so I have them winning 30, 27 once again, by three points. Uh, I think this is a game that either comes down to the wire and maybe a missed field goal or a made field goal affects the outcome in the, in the last two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to do something fun, something snazzy. Uh, I'd be surprised if it was something as as aggressive as a, you know, an onside kick out of the blue. We'll, we'll we'll sort of count out onside kick if they need it. But I'd be surprised if they did the the full New Orleans Saints treatment of the, yeah. the onside kick out of halftime. Beautiful half though, it was absolutely <laughs> masterful. <laughs> so real quick, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say you know we talked about these two young coaches, these two very hip, very in coaches. They're they're drawing a lot of audience viewers, and, and the NFL loves them because uh, they're they're getting some great some great numbers um i have to go with sweet green so for those that don't know sweet green it's it's really like a it's just kind of an east coast in the cities right now but but i know they recently had their ipo and they're expanding uh sweet green i'm not the hugest fan of sweet green myself uh but i understand why people are all over it right now and it's the young hip millennial slash gen z place to go for a healthy quick meal that's overpriced and so i think it's really popular right now because they've got like farm to table ingredients they have support local and all the things that are like very in right now Mm -hmm. uh and then have all the they hit on all the different flavors that people are into right now some curry flavors and uh sweet potato things like that and i think that's exactly what these young coaches are doing they're leading the new wave of Mm -hmm. of nfl innovation and they're they're changing up styles and they're really catering to what the players want to do and instead of these old more traditionalist coaches that you know we just saw around of them get fired this past this past monday um and and bill belichick is obviously he wasn't fired but he's one of those that likes to stick with conventional wisdom he doesn't want to play by the, the metrics he just wants to stick with conservative play calling and they're much more boring to watch and so i think that's why i'm picking sweet green uh people are choosing sweet green you know, when they have the choice over some of these more, more conventional Chipotle's or uh, Shake Shack, things like that now. Yeah, that's, I think that's a, that's a pretty, 
pretty unique uh, choice. I think it's a great reference. I I think it matches. This is like the sweet green ticket. Like if you were to buy a ticket to this game, it's probably going to be overpriced. It's in LA. It's at the new fancy stadium. You're going to see a lot of exciting stuff. You're probably going to buy like a $15 beer. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's what the people want to see. It's how the player, the players want to play for these coaches because they know they're going to get the type of play calling that is almost like a, like a player empowerment. Like I feel like they take more input from their quarterbacks. Like I feel like Kyler Murray is very instrumental in like in Kingsbury's ear. I feel like they develop offense almost together rather than using Kingsbury's plays to give to Kyler. It's almost as though they're creating an offense around him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that sort of puts a bow on our AFC and NFC preview. I hope we're right with our predictions. It wouldn't be surprising if we were completely wrong and, and all these teams uh, sort of did exactly what we thought was, was not going to happen. But yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll have more, some more to chat about next weekend uh, when, when we see the winners and we'll go back in, into some of the, the upcoming matchups, but thanks for hanging with us. And, and uh, we're going to take a quick break before the, the patented salsa tasting. So that brings us to the crescendo, uh, the the last part of the pod uh, in which we got our name, the the spilling salsa. So as you know, or if you didn't remember, shame on you. We we try a different salsa every week uh, on the pod, and we we get our chips, we open our salsa, uh, and we we give it a we give it a rating. We've got the 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 three criteria: flavor, spice level, dipability, and then that will give you the overall score of one to seven lip licks. And with me introducing this. I, I haven't shared this with Matt, but I did go out and purchase the same salsa and chips. So this is a new this is a new thing. I wanted to I wanted to try it. I wanted to try the salsa with you. We're doing this we're doing this virtually at different areas, but we're eating the same salsa with chips, and we're gonna give our side by side ratings to see how they directly compare. Wow, what a shocker! Wow, yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this is unexpected. I love it though. This is. This is a good time. We'll see if our, our taste buds align. All right. So uh, with that, we have the the Pace Picante sauce, I believe, is that's right, the, the medium, um, mm-hmm. which is, I, I think, better. Typically, in most sauces, in my experience, I, I enjoy the medium more than the mild. Uh, what are your thoughts? Have you, are you a big Pace fan? I, I am a big Pace fan. I, I think I already have a decent idea of where I'm going to land on Pace. I like it a lot. It's it's one that I grew up with, uh, and it was either Pace or Tostitos for like the cheap salsa at the grocery store. And I was always a Pace Pace person, but maybe it's because they have a cool looking bottle. But as a kid, I thought it looked cooler than the Tostitos bottle. Uh, I, I I do find the the bottle more aesthetically pleasing. As someone who was in the salsa aisle about two hours ago. I can I can vouch that I think the bottle is a little nicer than the Tostitos bottle. But more importantly, besides besides those details, what what chips do you have? Because this this could change the <laughs> because I believe I have different chips tonight than you do. 
So this is this could be a problem. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest right now that this could be a problem because uh, I recently got back to Boston and I haven't yet had the chance to go to the grocery store uh, that I normally shop at, which has a lot more standard food. I went to a store that you may know as Whole Paycheck, uh, Whole Foods. Yes. And they don't have Tostitos at Whole Foods. Um, what I'm eating today is actually the uh, jalapeno agave flavored Mi Nina chips, oh which to be fair, I've had them before and they are delicious, but they have a lot of flavor themselves. So I'm a little concerned exactly how Puritan my salsa rating will be. Yeah, I'm not, I, I was not, cons- I was not consulted about this and it, I don't know how to, f- well, I'll start by saying that I hate flavored Tostitos chips in general. I'm not, I do not want my Tostitos chips being flavored, especially if I'm eating them with salsa, because that's disrespectful to the salsa. That's not, are you talking about tor- tortilla chips or Tostitos chips? Oh no, tortilla chips. My, my apologies. Not just oh, okay. tortilla chips, tortilla chips in general. I never buy the, you know, the lime zesty ones or the lime flavored <laughs> ones or the jalapeno enriched one, like whatever the words are for the, how the chips come these days. So However, I didn't get Tostitos either because I anticipated you having Tostitos. So I wanted to bring a, a countering chip. So I got the on the border thick and crispy. <laughs> oh, thick and crispy. Okay. Okay. Wow. On the border, I actually don't really like their chips. I've had them before. and I'm not a huge on the border fan, but I've never tried the thick and crispy. So this is a... This is going to be really interesting because as, as our fans know, this is a salsa rating. It's not a chip rating. Yes, but indeed. we've clearly both picked chips that are away from our standard Tostitos. So this might have an asterisk next to, next to however this performs. Yes, that's also how I hold most of Tom Brady's career. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give it the first dip. I can, I can already tell from the, the chips. See, this is a problem. This is already a problem. I haven't even dipped it yet. And I, there's, too, there's too much salt and texture on this chip it's gonna it's gonna throw everything off i feel like we chose the chips very poorly today (laughs) but i'm gonna give it a shot here i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna give it a nice scoop because i'm also a pace fan so i mean i still want to eat the pace i've had i've had most of the pace oh that's a crunch that's a thick and thick and crunchy there yeah that's that's TCC, thick, crunchy, and crispy. Yeah, I saw how far you moved your microphone away, and I still got a great, a great definition of that crisp. I'm, I'm not disappointed in pace. Let me be clear. I'm disappointed in myself <laughs> <laughs> because the chip is too. There's too much with the chip and it's taking away from the flavor of the salsa. So it's making it very hard to analyze the, the spice level and the flavor. Oh no, this is disastrous. I'll let you, Hey, I'll let you marinate on that mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and do, do the same with my Mi Nina chip. Um, jalapeno agave. There's so much flavor on these chips. Like I can feel the sand flavor, like the, the, the sand the sand on the chip. Mm-hmm. And I already know that I'm going to get so much jalapeno agave flavor that it's going to be hard to discern, but we're going to try. Yeah. And you, you can't just dunk it. You got to take a standard scoop. 
Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what I did right there. I went salsa side down on the tongue. Oh. A little risky maneuver because you could drip before it hits your mouth. But salsa side down to counteract the sand. That is quite the audible. Mm. Okay, I think, honestly, I think I was able to get a decent idea of where I, where I fall with pace. All right. I will let you uh, start with the with the rating. I may have to try a salsa side down chip right quick while you're while you're shooting it's out worth your it. rankings here. Yeah, see if it makes a difference for you. So my flavor for the pace, medium picante. I actually think this is a very delicious standard salsa. I'm I'm actually giving it. I know we we rate on this one to seven scale, so a little awkward. I'm giving it. Maybe a five and a half, which is actually pretty good. It's not like there's anything crazy about it. There's no extreme funky flavors like corn or, or peach or mango or any of those types of flavors, but it's good. It's pretty good. And and that's what that's what you want. My spice level, it's not that hot. Um, it's pretty pretty standard for medium, I'd say. Spice level from one to seven, I'll I'll put it right in the middle at three and a half. Like I, I think it is an accurate medium. I've had some mediums that are like a one and I've had some mediums that are closer to the six. This is an accurate three and a half for me. Dippability. It's a little loose. I will say that it's not the chunky type that you get. Like this isn't going to be the greatest, uh, hold onto your chip. And so for that reason, I do have to dock it a little bit for dippability and it's, it's probably somewhere like in the two and a half range for me. So I'm giving the half scores here of five and a half, three and a half, two and a half. All right. <clears throat> that. That second, uh, that second chip did help. The, the salsa side down audible was the, was the move, at least here tonight with the subpar chip choices. So that being said, the flavor, I am also a big fan of pace, picante, especially medium. I've, this, isn't, this is a new salsa on the pod, but this is not a new salsa for me. I've had this salsa growing up hundreds of times. So hundreds. I hundreds casually, maybe thousands, you know, <laughs> just, so I'm going to venture. I'm going to say that the, the flavor is good. I'd give it a five. Um, it's, it's not, you know, crazy. It's not great. It's not like I'm running to tell somebody about it, but it's, I would consider it like a reliable. It's a good flavor. It's, it's not going to disappoint. So I'm, it's gotta be above average. I'm going with a five. Spice level for me being a person who tolerates spice, like I like things spicy. And if things aren't spicy, I'm usually disappointed. Pace is an okay spice level. It doesn't give me the 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 tingling on my lips or the 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 like the the taste afterwards that I like from like a hotter salsa. So I would put that about a three. So I think I've undercut you twice. You've gone five and a half, three and a half. I've gone five and three. Mm. And dippability, it's it's got to be less than average just because it is a little watery. It's 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 tough to scoop. You're not going to get a quality scoop. You're going to get an okay scoop. I think it makes up for the lack of dippability with the good solid flavor. So I think the dippability is probably a three, just slightly under average. So okay. I would. So we're pretty much on the same ish page with this salsa. It's like a right middle of the road. Also, not to mention super affordable, super available, because it's at like almost every grocery store there is. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Pace, and I think you're a fan too. It's just one of those, like, go-to game day affordable salsas, especially if you're hosting. Like, if you're hosting an event or, like, a, like 10, 12 people, you can get a big jug of Pace. Mm-hmm. I agree. Pace, Pace, it sets the pace for salsa. It's the standard bearer. All right. So that concludes the Spilling Salsa segment of the Spilling Salsa podcast. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out, spilling it with us. Uh, closing closing commentary, Chad, I just want to know, what are you planning to watch this week while you're, you're munching on some salsa? Uh, I, I know this year we're going to try to do something where we weekly view it or screw it, uh, if we can stick to it, where we both pick a movie that's either in theaters or, or just streaming, or it could be a show, it could be something short, it could be a YouTube video for... for you, might, uh, you might say we'll commit to it. <laughs> you could say, and then to be determined if we'll be consistent about it. But for this week, we're going to commit. Uh, what what are we planning to watch this week? And, and if you have one, I do want to hear just a closing comment. What is your hot take of the week? For uh, It could be about anything. Just something, something a little controversial, a little spicy to leave the fans. So I'll start with the view it or screw it, which will be an upcoming segment. Like, like you mentioned, we are big, 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 big movie fans. I can't stress that enough. You'll hear about movies moving forward many times. Um, and I know a lot of you out there love to go to the movies or now you can basically stream just about anything. You sometimes can stream new stuff on Disney plus and HBO max and Hulu, everything. But so this week we, we are big fans of the theater. Uh, I know you love the theater as well. Uh, so do I. So we're going to see the Kingsman, the new Kingsman movie at some point this week before we record next week. Um, I've seen the first two. I enjoyed both. Um, I like the first one better as I do with most series, but I'm excited to see it. It, it, it seems like a, a little bit different pace from the other two. Um, pace. <laughs> these, you, you know, you caught it. So I'm going to be interested to to see how that plays out, um, and then we'll we'll give that our our view it or screw it official rating next week on the Kingsman. And so, a hot take I have this week that is I don't know how hot you might say it is, um, but this is a there's a food that I hadn't had in a long time, like a dinner type food that. I feel like people have love hate relationships with because whenever I, whenever I've heard this food brought up, it's like you either like really like it or you really dislike it. And I used to be someone who disliked it a lot, but now I actually see like enjoy it. It's very, it's kind of off putting because I never really loved it. And it was always made for me. Like my mom would be disappointed because whenever she made this, I was not a fan of it, but now like I enjoy a good chicken pot pie. Like, it's a, it's a weird like food item that you don't think about, or like you may not even like, when's the last time you had a chicken pot pie, whether it was frozen, like from the grocery store or cooked for you? Like wh when was the last time? Damn. I, you know, I don't think that's a hot take because that shit is delicious. Oh my I mean, gosh. who eats I, that normally? <laughs> I've, I've, I had in my freezer growing up, Marie Callender's frozen chicken pot pies little five-minute nuke in the microwave, bam, lunch, no see, problem. See, we had My mom chicken, made that all the time. We had those chicken cordon blues in the freezer. You know, you've seen some oh, of those. Oh, I've seen some of those. <laughs> I've seen some of those. All right, all right so, so, that, so that's your hot take is that you like chicken pot pie now? 
No, chicken pot pie, I think is, well, I thought it was slept on, but clearly I'm doing a podcast with someone who just loves chicken pot pies. So <laughs> that was my lukewarm take of the week. So next week, Matt will provide a non-lukewarm take of the week. He'll give you a little bit of a hotter take of the week. Damn. I mean, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let the audience decide whether mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a hot take. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a lot of people haven't have a weird relationship with chicken pot pie. I don't know. In any case, thanks for listening, y'all. Social media, uh, we're still a little bit uh, in the beginning stages of social media, but we do have a Twitter page, uh, Spilling Salsa. We do have an Instagram page, Spilling Salsa Podcast. There's a slight difference in those two, you know, mm-hmm. some character limits that we had to work around. Give us a follow. Check us out. Uh, let us know there. That's probably the best outlet outlet for you to reach us. Let us know if you're liking what we're doing or if we should stop forever. Yeah, so for this one, maybe just give us like a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down, a yes or no on whether chicken pot pie is slept on. How about that? How about it? I'm, How expecting, about it? Lo- I'm expecting lots of thumbs down because it ain't being slept on. It's just good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed uh, everything we talked about. It was an absolute blast. Uh, we're back. <laughs>